Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Hey, Sydney. Hey, Justin. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Good, thanks. Hey, did you ever see the movie The Man in the Iron Mask? Yeah. Oh, wow. It seems like you ask me that every day. But um, as as I've told you so many times before, indeed I have. Yeah, those are the two questions I ask you every day. Do you miss Crystal Pepsi? And have I seen Man in the Iron Mask? And the answer to the first now is no, because it's back. The answer to the second is yes. yes. I'll ask you again tomorrow and see if it changes. It won't, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio stars as, I think he's like, if I remember correctly, it has been a while, but I think he's like King Louis XIV's brother, identical twin brother, or maybe it was King Louis XIV himself and they were switched. He, yeah, I think he was actually the king. It's, it, it, I mean, he's Leo. Like, you think they're going to give him the role? Hey, let's get Leonardo DiCaprio to play the role of the king's brother. Well, sweetheart, I, I don't mean to kibitz, but they are identical twins, so I'm assuming he probably played both parts. <laughs> that would be an odd choice otherwise. <laughs> That's fair. He probably did, didn't he? Yes, he probably did. I love when they do that in movies or TV, that magic where they make one person look like two people, like in The Parent Trap. The Patty Duke show, yeah, for sure. Do you know how long I didn't know that was one person? I figured it out when Lindsay Lohan remade The Parent Trap, and I thought, well, I know there's not two, Lin- two Lindsay Lohan. I would have so, heard like, about I, that in the I know that it must have been the same person all along. That's that's amazing. Man, I bet they are mad. They couldn't get the Olsen twins for that heat. Yeah. Anyway, Sydney, why are you asking why me? Why didn't they? Why are you? Well, by that point, they didn't look that similar. Why are you asking me this about Manly Iron Mask, Sydney? <laughs> it's been well, 90 seconds. King Louis XIV, I think, is probably best remembered for the film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, sure. The Man in the Iron Mask. I think that's probably what most people know about him for sure, sure right? definitely. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. yeah. that's fine. Uh, but lesser known fact, although still popular, uh, do you know about his butt tunnel? I'm sorry. Let's start over. Do you know about his anal fistula? No, I don't know about either one. I know the word fistula and I have a rough idea of what it means, but I did not know of any connection between that and um, King Louis. I, I didn't actually know initially about King Louis, King Louis XIV's anal fistula, uh, but we got an email from Annette. Thank you, Annette. For an e- this email that was the best titled email our show has ever received. Sorry to, I, I love all of your emails, but this was the best title. And it was called King Louis Anal Fistula. Uh, it's a and very I, good title. I was intrigued instantly, had to click on that first to read it. And it's I. Take note, BuzzFeed. <laughs> this was, yeah, this totally worked. That was total clickbait. It worked. I read it. And I have learned so much. And now I would like to share with you the tale 
of King Louis XIV's anal fistula. Okay, sounds good. So he's also known as the Sun King, which just gets funnier as we talk about his butt more, I guess. <laughs> sure. You know I was called the Sun King? Uh, I don't actually know why. Because of the brilliance of his court. Oh. Yes. He had a smart court? He had a smart, beautiful, charismatic court. And he was the he was the celestial orb, the heliotropic body around which they all satellited. Uh, yes. And I'm assuming it got better after the anal fistula thing. Because, like, before that... See, King Louis Fourteenth was not necessarily what you would consider a healthy guy. Okay. Uh, he had a lot of the things that probably would have been common for the time. He had gout. We've talked about that before. A lot of royalty did because they ate a lot of rich foods, drank a lot of wine. He had gout. He had a lot of dental abscesses. Again, there wasn't a lot of dental hygiene. Not surprising. He actually probably had diabetes mm. based on descriptions of his health. I mean, they didn't know that. Um, he had a lot of headaches that was reported a lot. And then the usual host of like childhood illnesses, smallpox and measles and things like that. But after he became king, his health became uh, meticulously recorded every single day by his court. Mm -hmm. So we know intimate details about all of his illnesses from the day he became king on. Okay. Okay. So can you imagine that, by the way, every morning, like being woken up by guys who are like, how are you feeling today? And can I look at your toes? And There's like another guy writing it down. And, yeah. And they would just like write down, like he woke up this morning and he was a little groggy and he needed a Tums. No, I mean, no. whatever. Uh, on January 15th, 1685, this is why we know these dates. On January 15th, 1685, King Louis XIV developed a swelling near his anus. You hate to hear that. Yeah. It's rough, especially when you're, so much of your day consists of thrones. That's a, that's a tough one. Exactly. Thrones and horseback riding. Oh, woof, yeah. woof, woof. So uh, this progressed and, and we, we can follow, we can track the progress of this swelling near his anus uh, every single morning until February 18th. So a little over a month later when the swelling had become an abscess. I bet one of the most annoying parts of his day was trying to describe to people the degree to which the discomfort caused by his anus swelling had changed. Like, <laughs> is it better or worse or like seven, eight, what's your anal fish? Like how bad is this swelling? I, That'd be do, very annoying. Do you think, see, I haven't read these records myself, but now I really want to, because do you think they were like real artful and like it was beautifully described or do you think it's pretty straightforward? Um, I mean, I think you got to make a safe bet the king's never going to read it, right? Like, the king's royal derriere is... Is implumpened. <laughs> implumpened. Implumpened with, with an angry nodule. But still lovely. Still the, lovely The shade and of red becomes... This is gross. More deep and what beautiful every next? day. It became an abscess. Yuckaroo. So it became an abscess on February 18th, What's that 1685. Mean? What's abscess mean? So an abscess is uh, usually an, what's an area of infection that's kind of walled off. Uh, so what you would think of as like a boil is probably a good... If you say boil, you probably mean abscess. Okay. Um, so like a little walled off, hard red... Uh, actually squishy in the center because there's pus in there, area of infection mm -hmm. uh, near his anus. Now, by May 2nd, which that's a long time yeah. that he just had that. And had to live with it. Yeah. I mean, now, let me, look, I will get to some of the things they were trying to do to treat this in a minute. So there they were doctors obviously attending to this. They weren't just like watching it. 
Right. People were trying to do things for it, but obviously they weren't working because by Jeez. May 2nd, the abscess has given rise to a fistula. Uh, now, do you, you said you know what a fistula is. Well, I so, remember a gastric fistula, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the, we talked about that this. That whole romance, the guy who had um, uh, uh, Austin... Alexis St. Martin. Alexis St. Martin. I was going to say no. Austin St. John, who is the Red Power Ranger. It was not him. <laughs> no, it wasn't Don't him. Don't get it twisted. His stomach is like sealed. No problem. No, his stomach's fine. And unlike Alexis St. Martin, the French-Canadian fur trader. Yes, who yeah. had a whole... He had a gastric fistula, right? Yeah, he had a gastric fistula. So it was a, it's a connection between the inside of something to the outside. So like, it's how people often call your mouth your food fistula. No. No? Nope. I mean, no one calls. Your that. mouth is not a fistula? No. What about your uh, nostrils? No, because, I mean, usually when we, we say fistula, we mean something that isn't intentionally there. An unintentional hole. So you got to be specific <laughs> about your words. It's, it's key in communication. Sure, yeah. Um, so a, an anal fistula, in this case, would be a connection from inside the anal canal to the outside. Okay. So kind of think of like a little bypass road from inside the anus that would open up somewhere around the anus. I'm not going to think about that, but thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate really picture the invi- it. I, I appreciate the invitation. Everybody Google anal fistula. <laughs> Sadly, I'll have to decline your invitation. I've marked, I did not mark uh, that I'll have the chicken or fish. I marked uh, regretfully not attending <laughs> on this invitation. Actually, don't Google anal fistula. Just, yeah, no uh, kidding, sister. I mean, you know. Some don't be- imagine it. Some people are doing that, though. We some don't have totally the theater of the mind our, this. Just get to the education. Our listeners, I know, our, I know you guys. Some of you are doing it. So it could develop because of an infection in like the tissues around the anus, which is probably what happened in this case. Um, sometimes fistulas are the results of surgeries, but again, not in this case. Um, this was probably just a really bad infection and it created this tunnel and there you go. Now you got a fistula. Um, it was thought at the time that it was caused by too much horseback riding. That was the theory for Louis Fourteenth is mm-hmm. because he spent a lot of time on horseback. So uh, this is probably where this came from. Other popular theories at the time were that you could get an anal fistula from eating too much, uh, having sex too much. Mm, okay. Uh, or the f- certain feathers that you might find in the seats of carriages. Sure. What? Yeah. Obviously those don't cause. Yeah, yeah. I, I got. I was most heavy on that one. Uh, the treatments that were tried, and this would have been from the initial swelling on January 15th on, uh, mainly consisted of poultices. So they would take like a mixture of flour and barley and flaxseed and beans and water and vinegar and kind of create this poultice. Make chili. (laughs) Make some chili and slap it on there, uh, and see if they could draw out the infection is probably what they, what the theory was that they were trying to do. Um. Enemas were tried, many, many enemas. And we've talked about this before. That's exactly what you want when you're in that position, <laughs> I would assume. An enema? An enema. No, I don't think so. I think you no. got enough discomfort going on down there as it is. Yeah. But not for Louis the Fourteenth, because if you remember, I think we mentioned this in our enema episode, he was a huge fan of enemas anyway. Sure, he was crazy about the things. So maybe that's how he got a, get official in the first place. Mm, I don't think so. I think I'm going to be able to tell you why why he may have developed it. Right on. Um, Feathers. No, but he did, he did, it is documented, have over 2,000 enemas in his lifetime. Although some historians are like, that's an exaggeration. There's no way. Boring. 
No way. What 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 killjoys? Either way, he did like enemas, and and there are all these anecdotes about him having enemas while holding court, and people trying to impress him by like ladies having enemas while they're talking to him, so that they see that like, hey, look, I'm into what you're into, and yeah. Anyway, uh, none of this stuff was working, and he was basically unable to sit. He couldn't, I mean, he was just in exquisite pain. He couldn't sit down. He couldn't lay down. He was, it was really bad. Uh, Now, why did he get this? Remember something about King Louis. This was during the time period when humanity in general, specifically, let's say, European humanity, was unbathed. Mm -hmm. It was the great unwashed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We thought at the time that water was dangerous because it could carry disease into your skin and make you sick and weak. I mean, yeah. So people did not want to submerge themselves in water as a result. Yeah. So bathing was highly unpopular. Uh, it was also thought that it was immoral. So so doctors told you not to, and the church told you not to, because then, you know, you got naked. Cool church. So, and we've talked about this again before. There was this time period where it was not okay to be naked ever, really. Ever. So you just wouldn't, as much as you could, be naked. Um, so... Most didn't bathe. Now, there's this, again, this is debated, but King Louis claimed to have only bathed twice twice in his life. Um, yeah, I think, sir, I think I've diagnosed the cause of your anal fistula. Ugh. So this is probably part of the problem. He may have bathed more than twice. Either way, he did not bathe very often. A lot of royalty would claim this as like a way to show how um, how much better they were than everybody else would say, like, I've I've only bathed twice or whatever. Queen Isabel I of Spain was noted to say that she only bathed twice in her life uh, on the day she was born and on her wedding day. And those are the only two days that she ever bathed. That's so grody. (laughs) It's just, I don't have a joke. It's just like so grody, Sydney. Now they probably... How do they not feel like a... Desire to bathe. If I make it to like 11 in the morning, I feel like, and I have not showered yet, I am like flipping pig pen. Like, please get me into some hot water. They, they probably did do something like um, wipe their bodies down with things like Hack baths. vinegar Hack baths. or alcohol. Kind of like the um, the wet, wet wipe, wet one bath that you sometimes in the airport bathroom like when you've been on a really long flight you just kind of go in and like wipe yourself down with something like Like, we do with a little better like the washcloth thing we do with charlie sometimes when we just can't we just when we just can't we just can't (laughs) we we bathe our child frequently yeah don't think we're bad parents we're not bad we bathe there like every night (laughs) listen um and don't tell us that that's wrong because i I don't know we're all just trying to figure this thing out of the bedtime routine okay okay just back off we're just trying to make it to 18 all right (laughs) Anyway, so a lot of people did not bathe. Um, The court itself, everybody would have been heavily powdered and perfumed to try to hide the smell. Um, And and this is well documented. Like a Russian ambassador once wrote after meeting King Louis XIV that he stunk like a wild animal. Um, The king would often tell people to open the windows as he he entered rooms because he was aware. (laughs) (laughs) He should pay somebody to do that. Uh, Attention subjects, uh, your king approaches... Please open the windows or we're just going to knock this whole room out. All right. It's very, it's rough in there. All right. He was French. I don't do French. <laughs> Zoodalore. Just pretend I said Zoodalore a lot. Okay. Uh, we'll, throw, we'll edit that back in there later. Yeah. 
so yeah, so he was well aware that he smelled bad and everybody knew it and he would cover it. Can you imagine that? Like all that stench and then you just cover it in as much perfume as you can. <sighs> so everybody worse. smelled that Ugh. way, but he knew it and he would tell him like, open the windows. I'm coming in. I don't want my staff to pass out because we got work to do. That's Deal with so it. Randy. Uh, so anyway, the doctors are treating him. They're they're using poultices. They're using enemas. They had some ointments. They were trying, of course, bleeding. I didn't really mention that, but of course he would have been bled multiple times to try to treat this. Mm -hmm. um, up to that point, we kind of already knew that anal fistulas were a thing that happened. And we sort of knew that we probably needed to do surgery for them. That actually dates back to Hippocrates, who said, you know, you, you really need to go in and, and cut this thing open to get mm -hmm. it to heal. Um, in the 1300s, they documented some surgeries that were that were tried, and uh, they would use something called a seton, where they would actually take like a cord and like loop it through the tunnel and then back out the anus. Mm -hmm. And as a way, like you could do something like sharp to like pull it through to like try to open it up. Or just as a way, you would just leave it in there, too. You could mm -hmm. just leave it. Mm -hmm. And then it would heal all the way to the seton, and then you would pull it out. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, of course, none of this was done with antisepsis in mind. So mm -hmm. anyway, so we kind of knew, as in like any attempts to stop infection. Okay, got it. Nobody, I mean, nobody understood infection, so nobody was trying to stop it. So we kind of knew that maybe surgery had to happen. King Louis, of course, was doing everything he could to avoid that because there's no anesthesia. There's no sure. no way to prevent infection. A lot of people would have died from surgery. you think that he would just suck it up for like a day and see if it got better. You for know surgery? what I mean? Like just do the surgery once if, it, if he was in such pain. Well, but you got to think about the fact that it's not just the pain of the surgery. It's the, the risk. risk of, yeah. Surgery at the time meant death most of the time. Yeah. So... You know, because we couldn't stop bleeding and people died of infection. Anyway, they finally caved and said, we got to get a surgeon in here. Now, by a surgeon, of course, I mean a barber surgeon. Because this yeah, was right. during the time period where doctors would not cut into a human body. It was considered uh, just completely... Profane. Yes, profane. It, it, the church forbade it, and a, a doctor would never do such a thing. Uh, but Charles Francois Felix was a barber surgeon who would. Barber surgeons did things like pull teeth. And mm -hmm. bloodletting and minor minor surgical procedures, as well as I guess cut your hair, sure. probably that too. Um, so he was called upon to come save the king. Um, he checked the king out, looked at his fistula, and said, "All right, I'll do this." He didn't want, and you you have to imagine this guy was like sure, terrified. This is a lose lose. No, I mean you kill the king, and yeah, that's it. Um, he checked it out, and he said, "I'm going to do this, but I need six months to prepare." Why? Well, I'm going to tell you, but first, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Oh, let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although... There will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes, you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week, I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl. 
is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you gonna get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously, from 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 a, a box pre-prepared. All I got in two minutes. I mean, filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies, a comedy apocalypse podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. We've got a brand new format for our podcast that we hope you want to come and check out. We try out products for your go bag. We'll try out cheddar larvae and cricket bars so you don't have to. We play Would You Rather and answer questions from the audience. And we have great guests that pop into the bunker. It's everything you love about the show and more. Come check it out every Wednesday here on MaximumFun.org. Stay safe out there. There's always hope and cheesecake. So, Sydney, he needed six months. That's right. I I imagine that if this was a movie, mm-hmm. uh, that this would be probably the worst montage in movie history. This would be the the most upsetting, maybe sure. the most disturbing montage. So, uh, barber surgeon Felix knew he he was going to have to practice because this was not a surgery he had done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sort of understood what he needed to do, but those are two very different things. So he's got to find some, like, cows or pigs with anal fistulas so he can practice on them, right? Justin, this is the king we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the sun king, King Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah. You cannot practice on cows and pigs and then operate on the king's rear end. Okay, that's fine. Oh, man. You need actual this? human oh, man. butts. No. That's right. So he said to the king... I'm going to need some people to practice on. I'm gonna, hey, King. I'm going to need some bats. That's pretty much what he said. 
And he was given butts, 75 of them, 75 men. Ah, 75 of my finest butts. <laughs> the finest butts well, in the kingdom. I don't think the finest. Uh, from prisons, a lot of them came from prisons. They might have had great butts. Well, James Dean. That's short, sure. James that's Dean true. got arrested. I'm not saying that you don't butt. have a great butt if you're in prison. I think it wasn't so much that he was looking for people with Nick high quality. Nolte got arrested. He had a great butt. Does he? I don't know. I don't even know if he got arrested. That might have, I might have just slandered Nick Nolte. Well, stop doing that. Okay. All I mean is that it was not, his selection was not based on the quality of their rumps. It was based on that he could tell them that they had to go have a surgery for practice. Got it. So he got people from prison. There were a lot of uh, probably peasants from the countryside. I don't know if they were offered like money, like, hey, if you survive, we'll pay you something. Or if it was just, this is in service to the king. Because it could have just been that. This is in service to the king. This is your duty. You are his subject. Um, yeah. And that's, no, spread them. <laughs> either way, uh, and, not, and to be fair, these people did not have anal fistulas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was practicing a surgery on something on them that they didn't ha- I don't even know how that works. The point is, let's not spin this, Sydney. There this was sucked. <laughs> this sucked. There was no anesthesia. Uh nobody knew how to prevent infection. He didn't know what he was doing. He was working on developing special tools for it as he was doing it. So it was like, well, that thing didn't work. Let's try it. Let's tweak it a little bit and try it on the next guy. Next. Who's up next? Many of these men unfortunately did not survive this practice surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh some actually did, which I think is almost more surprising than anybody would have. He managed to, through his practice, fashion two instruments to use for this surgery. One uh, was a kind of scalpel that really, if you looked at it, it looks like a little scythe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the long curved end, a small yeah. scythe. Got uh, it. And it was called a royally curved is the way they described it. It is a royally curved scythe. <laughs> um, For the special curvature of the royal butt. Exactly. Uh, they also, he also created a retractor, something to move tissue out of the way. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, I. you really, you can, there are pictures of these online. So if you want to look up uh, the retractor that was made specifically by Charles Francois Felix to spread open the king's, you know, anus. Oh, you better thread that Google image needle so tight. <laughs> you better thread that needle. Oh boy, howdy! You are you are just on a razor's edge with that Google image search. The, now, let me tell you: if you want to see them in person, these instruments are still on display. Uh, at the Museum of oh, what, like Medical Technology or something that like that in only, Paris. You can the, still see these instruments. That would be the there. only context in which I will ever see them because the Google image search, like the amazing collection of like Boolean mastery and like you would need to not see something <laughs> that would scar you for all your days is just incomprehensible. The risk reward is off the charts. I feel, I feel like my job as, as a podcaster is to be able to describe this thing to you. I don't know that I can and do it justice. You okay. really need to see it. The point is he created I don't need a, to do anything, Sydney. He created a special butt retractor so that he was able to spread everything and get to where he needed to get. Um, and finally, the day arrived. Hooray. November 18th, 1686. It's been a while that he's been dealing with this sucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7 a.m. It is its magic hour. <laughs> Uh, our barber surgeon, 
Felix arrives with his trusty instruments in hand. Uh, the king is there, of course, along with here are the people who he had present for this surgery, which, of course, in part was, you know, it was very dangerous. It was very risky. There was every chance he would not survive it. So having loved ones nearby is not a strange thing. But it was also kind of in a private area. Sure. Nevertheless, he had his mistress on hand. Oh, you got to, yeah. His son was there. Mm -hmm. His confessor was present. That seemed smart. Uh, His doctors were all there as well because they wouldn't do this, but they did want to kind of see what was about to happen. Sure. Um, And his minister of state. Well, that's maybe, yeah, to handle the transfer of power, right? In case he died on the table, the minister of state needed to be there to pass it down to his son, right? I like to think he was just there to like, I'm going to be working while this is happening. Like he was just that busy. I've got some paperwork, but I do want to hang around for support. (laughs) If you need anything, if you need an iced tea... Or whatever, just let me Maybe know. they were just super close. Maybe. Like sitting. President Bartlett and Leo, like they were also just best buds. Maybe they were just best butt buds <laughs> who, who cared about each other's butts very much. So did it work? It worked. Uh, it, it was about a three-hour surgery, three, four-hour surgery. Um, he was successful and the king survived and did not die of infection. And within three months, he was riding a horse again. So it was, it was very successful. He healed the fistula. The um, end. What a crazy story, Sydney. Yes. And what followed was in some ways crazier. So That's not the end. No. That feels like the end. It's I mean, not that's, the end. that is the end of King Louis' anal fistula. Okay. It is, it is healed. It is fixed. It has been uh, laid open and allowed to heal from the inside out, which is the, that's the ideal thing with fistulas. You don't want them to seal off on the ends because then just infection accumulates in there and you keep getting, you know, sicker and sicker. You want it to heal from the inside out. Okay. And so cutting it open allows it to do that. Anyway, this made the fistula fashionable. People all over Paris wanted to have their own anal fistula. It was very much in fashion at the time to do whatever royalty, whatever royalty did was cool. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't matter. I mean, they stunk and they covered themselves in perfume and powder and that was cool. So if an anal fistula is what the king's got, it's cool. So people started going to their own local barber surgeon and asking for the operation, even if they didn't have an anal fistula. Oh, man. The king got it, so I want it too. Um, Now, I am not saying that they necessarily performed these surgeries, but people were were going and requesting them. Some people even started claiming they had anal fistulas just because, because it was cool, it was in, uh, and wearing bandages over their clothes, like around their butts to display... Not how that works. Good <laughs> job, old-time people. Their anal fistula. Like, look what I have. And they called them Le Royale. Le Royale. <laughs> it, was, it was very much in to have an anal fistula. I don't know. Uh, Fashion that trends. May, that, that's raised the question. What's a Royale with cheese? <laughs> Ew. That's rough. Uh, but, I mean, I guess there are a lot of weird fashion trends, you know? Yes, yeah, any. I mean, I, I, I guess those there giant, are some weird fashion. What are you saying? I yeah. wore those giant legged pants, like those giant Jenko jeans, for a while. Like that's pro- that's basically the same thing, right? Yeah, that's basically the same thing as that. Now, barber surgeon Felix got. Uh, he was, of course, rewarded rewarded handsomely for his uh, yeah, for his job well done. It. He never again performed that surgery or any other. It went out on top. He went out on top. He was given an estate and a title and lots of money and lots of fame. 
as yeah. a result, which I think and he was probably paid better for that surgery than any surgeon in history. But, you know, it was the king's butt. So yeah. um, this would also the other important uh, thing that resulted from this is that the doctors present and in the court and King Louis all began to say, you know what, maybe surgery isn't this kind of lowly disrespectful thing that we know is necessary, but none of us want to talk about. Maybe it's actually a good thing. And mm. maybe we should spend a little more time thinking and talking and learning about surgery so much so that by the time Louis the 15th came along, uh, he opened the first Royal Academy of surgery which now is called the National Academy of Surgery. And you can still find Felix's portrait hanging there. So how cool is that? So this actually helped, this surgery actually helped to lead to all surgeries and the profession of surgery and wow. surgeons and everything. Anything um, else? Louis would go on to live many more years. He didn't die until his, uh, just before his kill him. 77th birthday. You always say, we can just leave, you know, you can just close these books without like flipping to the last page. Like, and then he died like a long time later, but he died too. Okay. Well, let's go Don't back get for it a twisted. minute. He lived 400 years ago. So he definitely did die later. I'm just saying he went to live on many, many more years That's before excellent. that. That's excellent. Uh, one weird fact about this surgery and, and something else that came from it. During the lead up to the surgery, the French people were not supposed to know that this was happening. They were not. I mean, they, they very much wanted to keep this secret, which is not weird. I mean, we've talked about this before in like politics and leaders don't want their people course, to know that they're, weakness, yeah. they're weak or sick. So the French people weren't supposed to know that the king had the fistula, that he was going to have surgery, anything. But of course, rumors spread. People talk. And everybody kind of knew, and everybody was very nervous. They loved their king. They didn't want anything bad to happen. And even though they weren't supposed to know about these 75 men who yeah. were being practiced on, somebody was disposing of those bodies. Word was getting around that maybe this wouldn't go so well. Maybe this was bad. Mm -hmm. So the headmistress of the Royal Girls' School, Madame de Brennan, wrote a prayer for her students to say for the king. Uh, it was called God Save the King, and it was a prayer. Specifically, it, it doesn't mention his butt or his fistula, but it is about hoping that God save the king through this anal fistula surgery he's about to have. And they recited it every day. Well, of course, after the king survived the surgery and was better, uh, she had it set to music. And when he came to visit the girls' school, he uh, they sang it for him. Well, someone happened to hear this song. Someone with the last name Handel. And in, uh, it, this was in 1714, uh, Handel really liked this song, went back to England, translated into English, and um, you know the British national anthem? God save the queen. Sydney, I love, this sounds apocryphal to me. I don't, I don't buy it. This so, sounds, I, I need you to throw some asterisks on this bad boy. <laughs> so here's the problem. If you read anybody who's writing about this, uh, from the French perspective, this story is absolutely true. And they will, I mean, hand, hand to God, this is what happened. If you read any British historian, this is, this is not true. This is not where this came from. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to believe it. it I, I think, it, I think it's a clever, funny story. And I, I, um, I enjoy it anyway. Cause, cause then it means that it's really a secret song about the French King's butt surgery. Um, it may not be, it may not it's be. It's a great song either way. Uh, and we stole my country tis of thee from it. So, yeah. you know, um, we all share. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, sorry we're a day late on, on this one, but, you know, life. 
if you want uh, more episodes of our show, if you want to hear the whole back catalog, it's all available for you. If you go to sawboneshow.com, that'll lead you to maximumfun.org where you find all the episodes. Or find us on iTunes and maybe leave us a rating or review. That really helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. Or the best thing you could do is tell somebody to listen. Um, say, hey, I think you'd like this show. I think you'd enjoy it. Please listen to it. You don't have to start with the one about a butt fistula. No, but I, I you could do worse, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, as I was mentioning, to the MaximumFun.org uh, network. It's actually just called Maximum Fun. It's not called the MaximumFun.org network on like business cards. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of great shows for you there to listen to, like uh, uh, Adam Ruins Everything, the new one, Tights and Fights, the show about wrestling is brand new and our dear friend uh liz gilbert uh has the second season of her show magic lessons where she talks about creativity and helping people pass their creative problems that is just wonderful and and well worth listening to and you can find those all at maximumfund.org or on itunes um thanks to taxpayers for letting us use your song medicines as the intro and outro of our program and anything else sister no just thank you thank everybody you. who listens thanks thank you. We really appreciate you uh but uh, uh until next time my name is justin mcroy i'm sydney mcroy and as always don't drill a hole in your head MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.